In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text for today is our gospel text, Luke 21, 5 through 28. And Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and on earth distress of nations and perplexity, because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Focus on those last words as we read this. Your redemption is drawing near. All the other stuff is pretty scary. But the last part is where it's at. One day, Chicken Little was walking in the woods when kerplunk, an acorn fell on her head. Oh my goodness, said Chicken Little. The sky is falling. I must go and tell the king. On her way to the king's palace, Chicken Little met Henny Penny. Henny Penny said she was going into the woods to hunt for worms. Oh no, don't go, said Chicken Little. I was there and the sky fell on my head. Come with me to tell the king. So Henny Penny joined Chicken Little and they went along as fast as they could. Soon, who would they meet but Cocky Locky, who joined in their quest to tell the king the sky's falling. And they met Goosey Pussy, who was planning to go into the woods to look for some berries. And they warned Goosey Pussy that the sky is falling. So Goosey Pussy joined Cocky Locky, Henny Penny, and Chicken Little. And they went along as fast as they could. And who should appear upon the path but Foxy Woxy? Where are you going, my fine feathered friends? asked Foxy Woxy as he spoke in a polite manner so as not to frighten them. The sky's falling, said Chicken Little. We must tell the king. I know a shortcut to that place, said Foxy Woxy sweetly. Come and follow me. But wicked Foxy Woxy did not lead the others to the palace. He led them right up to the entrance of his foxhole. Once they were inside, Foxy Woxy was planning to gobble them up. The rest of the story is simple. The king's dogs rescue the birds by chasing out Foxy Woxy. And the story ends with this. After that day, Chicken Little always carried an umbrella with her when she walked in the woods. The umbrella was a present from the king. And if kerplunk, an acorn fell, Chicken Little didn't mind it one bit. In fact, she didn't notice it at all. The end. Right about now, some of you are amused. Some of you are curious, where is he going with this? And some of you are planning to find a new pastor. <laughs> Hopefully it will all make sense by the time that I say amen. Our lessons today, and especially in our gospel lesson, our Lord tells us of the end of days. On that last day, the heavens and the earth will be destroyed and the kingdom of God will be ushered in. 
How shall we greet this kingdom of God? With fear or with anticipation? We have plenty of fear mongers in our world today, especially when it comes to the end times, both secular and sacred voices. We hear the sky is falling. The sky is falling. As our vice, ex-vice president, I should say, screams about global warming, which we now call climate change, because apparently the warming made everything cold again, and I don't understand it. It's way above my pay grade. We're told by a famous actor back in the early 2000s that by 2010, the world will end due to climate change. Of course, back then it was global warming. And of course, 2010 came and we're still here. Have we mutated into some sort of aquatic mutants? Do we breathe underwater? I don't know. I haven't noticed really. Now the clock has been recently reset by a 15-year-old girl who likes to sail for another 12 years. In 12 years, the end of the world is coming. I don't really care much to listen to actors or children or politicians when it comes to science. It's said amongst historians that during the Middle Ages, before the advent of fossil burning fuels, before the advent of factories, it was so warm in Scotland that there were vineyards that were very prosperous. It's too cold to grow grapes there now. The earth is cyclical, things happen. Are we contributing to it? Probably, who knows? We shouldn't. But the sky is falling. The sky's falling. We seem to forget one important thing about this earth. It's not yours and it's not mine, it's the Lord's. And he has all power over it. Those of us who are old enough remember in the 1970s when Newsweek and Life were telling us we're heading into a new ice age. Beware, your children and grandchildren will freeze to death. Now we're afraid that they're going to sweat to death. We forget that the Lord is the Lord of all creation. He's the Lord of the heavens and the earth. He's the Lord of all things. He's the creator and sustainer of our lives and of our earth. But we are told to take care of the earth. Throw away your trash. If your car is belching smoke, get it fixed. If you can't afford to, try to drive a little less. In the church, we have heard the sky is falling so many times. So many churches are so obsessed with the rapture that they forget about the first coming of Christ, it seems. We were told many times, you better get right with God or you're going to get left behind. Terrifying movies when I was a kid about the rapture. Now I watch them and they're pretty hilarious because they were so low budget. But when I was eight or nine, they were terrifying about being left behind. Jesus is coming. And if you aren't living right, you're in trouble. You're going to be left behind. Straighten out your sinful lives. 
Because if you are found to be a carnal Christian, a sinner, when Jesus returns, you will be left here for seven years during a tribulation. Now, mind you, this doctrine is cobbled together by a few verses in Revelation 21, a few verses in 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, a few verses Matthew, a few verses in Daniel. And if you mash verses together in whatever context you decide they should be in, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. For example, we're told to go and do likewise, and we're also told Judas hanged himself. Judas hanged himself, go and do likewise. There, the Bible says it, right? Wrong. You take things out of context, you make it say whatever you want. But if you are stuck here in this teaching for the seven-year tribulation, and you receive the mark of the beast on your forehead or on your hand, it used to be a tattoo, now it's a microchip, who knows, it might be a tattoo again, a barcode or something. You cannot get into the kingdom of heaven, even though the Bible tells us the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, not a stinking tattoo. If you take that mark, you're in trouble. If you get a chance, look up in Wikipedia, Antiochus Epiphanes who forced people to make sacrifices to false gods and marked their hand or their forehead with a mark so that they could buy and sell in the marketplace or starve. Jesus is talking to us about the fall of the temple, which occurred in 70 AD. This is why I believe that the New Testament was completed by 70 AD, because Jesus foretold of the falling of the temple, which was a huge event, and it's not mentioned in the Bible. So I think that the Bible was completed by that date. Otherwise, certainly it would have been mentioned. After the seven year tribulation in this teaching, Jesus will return again, again, for the second, second coming. See how this isn't quite working out right? He will come back and rule on earth for a thousand years of an earthly political reign where there will be no death, no suffering, no nothing of any ill consequence. Can you imagine how crowded we're going to be after a thousand years of no one dying? Then the devil will be loosened. There will be a war, another judgment, and then finally God will call an end to it all and establish his eternal kingdom. The sky is falling. It's a scary teaching. Because you had better stop sinning, or you're going to have the sky fall on you. What do we as Lutherans believe about the end times? What did we confess in the creed this morning? Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead, the end. How is he going to do that? That's his business, isn't it? If he wanted to tell us, he would have. He wouldn't have buried it in the Bible in some secret codes or anything like that. Instead, he would have simply made it clear. I'm going to do this and then that. But when asked about when this day will be, what did he say? I don't even know the day or the time. Only the Father in heaven. I've limited my own knowledge on this. How arrogant are we to declare that a certain day is the day? 
even as we've seen it happen over and over again, and those who follow these people sell all that they have or rack up their credit cards or take out more mortgages on their home to live it up because Jesus is coming next October, and so we may as well live the high life, and then October comes and no Jesus, and I have to declare bankruptcy. How many people have been ruined with this nonsense? Chicken Little and the rest of the company were led astray by Foxy Woxy, and they were about to be devoured. Do not be deceived by doctrines of fear when it comes to the kingdom of God. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no fear. There is only comfort. There is only promise. Do not be deceived by those who would lead you away from the cross of Christ and take your eyes off of him and what he has done for you and fix them somewhere else. Jesus stood before Pilate and he made it very clear. My kingdom is not of this world. If he wasn't interested in establishing an earthly political kingdom 2,000 years ago, under what we understand as the immutability that is the unchanging nature of Christ, he's still not. Because if his kingdom was not of this world 2,000 years ago, it still isn't. The kingdom of God is why we are here this morning. The kingdom of God is why we're here every weekend. We look forward to the return of Christ. We look forward to the ushering in of his kingdom. We look forward to being done with the sufferings, with the cares of this world once and for all. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. Martin Luther asks that old familiar question, Vasistas, what is that? How does God's kingdom come? He writes, when the Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that we believe his Holy Word by his grace and live godly lives here in this age and there in eternal life. God gives us the Spirit to believe through grace, which changes our sinful hearts. It changes us from living under the letter of the law to the freedom of Christ. Living in his grace means that we know we have a place in God's kingdom and that he has called us to be his children through the waters of baptism. The kingdom of God is among us here today as we've gathered in his name, where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in their midst. And where he is, is his kingdom. And where his kingdom is, is a celebration of forgiveness and mercy and joy and salvation. The kingdom of God is seen here on earth in the face of his church. The kingdom of God also comes as we await for the final arrival of, of Christ, as we do believe that he is coming again for his church, for you and for me. We await this kingdom of God today as we await our Savior it's not with fear and loathing that we haven't done enough, but rather we await the fulfillment of the promise. The promise of God to deliver us from the unholy trinity of ourselves, our world, and the cares of this world, and the devil.
who like Foxy Woxy would all conspire to lead us astray. It's fitting that at the end of the story, Chicken Little was given an, an umbrella by the king. After that, as Chicken Little would walk in the forest, the nuts would fall on her, but she didn't notice and she didn't care. You have been given an umbrella. You have been given a covering as you have been clothed with Christ Jesus himself in baptism. There you were made secure and nothing can harm you. Remember your baptism daily and no Hollywood or Washington or even church nuts will cause you to fear that the sky is falling. For on that day when the sky does fall, salvation is yours. Salvation is secure. Salvation has come to you forever. Consider your Savior's birth into this fallen world. Consider his perfect life lived out on your behalf because you and I couldn't. Consider his atoning sacrifice and death, which takes away the sins of the whole world. Consider his blessed resurrection, which gives you the promise of eternal life. We look to the sky and we pray with the church of all ages, come Lord Jesus. And with that, we eagerly await the day of deliverance when he will come for his redeemed. When all our sufferings, all of our struggles, all of our cares of this world will be done away with once and forever and we will rejoice with him for eternity. The sky is falling. Who cares? Jesus is coming. And he's coming to take you to be with him. We who are the redeemed in Christ have this sure promise. So raise up your heads. Look to Christ who is your redemption as he draws near to you. In Jesus' name, amen.